going on guys it's Bryce again welcome to another episode of the expedition to try podcast where I have no idea what I'm doing with my life and I'm assuming a lot of you don't either so we're going to try and figure it out together if you're new to this podcast it's my goal to introduce you to cool young creative passionate artists musicians entrepreneurs and just overall passionate people uh and today I have like the prime example of someone who I would like to have on this show. Today we have Brayden Bales, a musician who every time I hear his music, I'm like, how does this kid not have way more listeners on Spotify, way more followers? It's absolutely incredible. So I'm super hyped to introduce you to Brayden. So Brayden, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So do you want to do just a quick introduction about like how old you are, where you're from, that general sort of stuff before we get started sure. on the music? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I'm I'm uh, 19, about to turn 20. I'm from uh, Toronto, Canada, like just outside of it uh, in a city, like a suburb, I guess, outside of it. Um, yeah, I just like, should I start how I got into music and all that or? Yeah, that's actually my first question anyway. So that's perfect. So we'll say like, Let's start with first memories of music. What what's as far back as you can go? <laughs> as far back as I can go. So my parents are uh, my parents are both musical. They actually made a CD together uh, a while ago <laughs> before I was born, I think. But um, I basically just grew up singing all the time. There's always singing in the house. I'm the youngest of four, so as the youngest, everybody was already singing. So it was kind of just something I grew up with. And then I learned the guitar when I was in grade six, I think, and would just play kind of just covers and do that just to like decompress after school. I, it was just like something I really enjoyed doing was just playing, playing basically the same four chords every day and just figuring it out from there, the <laughs> the songs. And yeah, that's, that's how I got started in it. So what were some of those first songs that you started like really vibing with that you really wanted to like get on the guitar and like start singing? Yeah. Uh, the A-Team for sure by Ed Sheeran. Okay. That was a huge one. The A-Team, um, fuck, what else? Um, we have uh, James Bay. I don't know what it's called. It's, Come on, let it go. Huh? Yep, yep. Uh, oh, let it go. Fuck, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so let it go, the A-Team. Basically, anything Ed Sheeran. Like, as soon as Thinking Out Loud hit, I was playing that on the guitar. Actually, when I started singing... Um, after, like I had a, a British accent for a while because I was I was singing like Passenger <laughs> and Ed Sheeran mostly, so I started like I developed like a singing British accent. It was weird. <laughs> it took me a long time to shake that actually, but yeah, Ed Sheeran heavy. So what was the moment you decided to finally pick up the guitar? What what made you want to start learning guitar, start taking lessons? What was that whole process like for you? Oh, uh, uh, both my sister and my brother played it, and I just liked singing, so. It's easier to like, there's an excuse to sing if you have a guitar as well. So I never took lessons, actually. I just kind of learned four chords. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, just learned like the finger placement from my, from my siblings who played guitar already. And then basically just went from there, just practiced it over and over again until I could get it right enough to sing on top of it. Is that like, I'm not great with music. I'm, I'm an artist myself, so I don't know much about music, but with mm -hmm. the four chords, are those like the four chords that basically you could play and sing any song over top of? It's like yeah, the pretty best much way any, to start. Yeah, any like pop song. I'd say it's more like six, but yeah, there's basically if you have G, E minor, C, D, you can play like a ton of songs. With just as long as you have a capo that you can like slide up yeah. the guitar, you're fine. You can play that pretty much anywhere. So then how did 
how did you transition from just learning those first few chords into mm-hmm. more the genre you are now? Well, first of all, what genre would you say you fall into with your music? I'd say like acoustic pop. I don't know if sad pop is a genre, but um, the one I just released is very much like, it's really jumpy. It's more just straight pop. Um, I've done both. I like making sad music more, I think, because it's just what I've, what I've always gravitated towards. I find it's like a, a more, um, there's more to it. There's more depth and sadness than and happiness to me. And um, yeah, so it's, I, I've, all my slower stuff, I'd say it's acoustic pop and all the faster stuff is just like typical typical pop so how did you go from listening to ed sheeran into finding the genre you're in right now if we'll call it sad pop i like that name for it Um, i think i think it's because i was i was just drawn to his sad music and then um we 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 used to be a foster family so we had a foster sibling and my older brother wrote a song about like that experience and the idea had never crossed my mind and so I, like a, a couple years after he did that, I was home alone and just decided to give it a shot. And I wrote a song that was similar to the ones that I'd been hearing because that was very much my my taste. And so it went from there to just writing all the time. And then because uh, I, I heard the first song I wrote and I was like, this isn't terrible. Like it, it could have <laughs> been a lot worse. You know what I mean? Like looking back, it probably wasn't great. But so I just it just became like a release for me. And then it kind of just morphed, morphed and shifted as it, as it went. As I kept making music, it was kind of in that genre. And then as soon as I started producing, I'd say it got more into pop because I knew the sound I was looking for and I could produce it there myself. So have you always automatically like written and performed these sad pop songs? Or have you tried to do more of the the upbeat stuff or and do you just tend to fall back to the sadder songs? i'd say it's yeah i'd say i tend to fall back on the sadder stuff more why do you think that is um i think is this music's really therapeutic to me mm-hmm. and so whenever i'm whenever i feel a sad emotion or i think a sad thought it's easier for me to sit in that and really like navigate that than it is to be happy like when i'm happy i'm just happy and i just like i don't i don't feel the need to sit down and write a song do you know what i mean like yeah when i'm I write, I like to write sad music because it helps me deal with all that emotion and kind of just reject because I'm generally a happy guy, but it's typically by myself late at night, like two, 3 a.m. when I'm writing. And so it's easy for me to be happy most of the time. And then when I feel sad, just kind of get rid of it and put it into a a recording. So yeah, I I feel like it's just easier for me to navigate sadness than happiness. And there's there's more, you can, you, you know where your cause of sadness is normally, but happy is just like a feeling. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense because a lot of things can make you happy, but yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I think that makes sense. Um, so my question on top of that then <laughs> is when you are writing these songs, well, first of all, do you like sit down at a specific time every day to try and write or does it happen just randomly and like, what is the process you take when you are writing a new song? Um, so have you heard of a site called Looperman? No. It's basically just, um, it's the same thing as Splice, just free. And I just go on there and I look on the guitar loops and I just, I just sit and I skip through them until I find one that I like. And you can, you can sit for half an hour and not find one that's good sometimes. But as soon as I find one I like, I download it, throw it into Logic and just start writing on it. 
And like people, I, I don't even, the, the weird part about my writing is I don't even know how I write. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I just sit there and I, cause I do the lyrics and the, and the, and the melody at the same time. And a lot of people I've tried writing with don't do that. They write the, the words and then they add melody to it or they yeah. write the melody and add words. It, I just kind of spit it out and then I like catch it and write it down. If that <laughs> makes sense. Like it's like I freestyle in the room over and over again until it's something that sounds right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the tune and the words kind of just, they, they go together in my head. I don't know. And so do you ever like, do you try to write your songs to be super poetic or anything or do you try to write them more like having a dialogue with yourself or with someone else how do you write down the thoughts that are coming out that's interesting I um I just I it just kind of flows out of me a lot of the time I know that's a terrible answer but um it uh I kind of I kind of sit in an emotion like I'll, I'll a lot of the time I'll start writing and as soon as the first line comes out I'm like that's what I'm gonna write about and I sit in that emotion and I have ADHD, which is a very common thing, but it's hard for me to f sit there and fixate and put everything in order in my head. And so I find in a lot of my songs, I'll sit in that sad emotion and there, it's like there's things going like this everywhere that are little pieces of a, of a situation or of a, of a conversation that I had with a person or something that happened with somebody that kind of come to me in different ways. So I'll talk about something they said to me and then I'll say something about this the the atmosphere like the street light was there that day you know what i'm saying like yeah it kind of all just it's like i it's like i'm reliving the thing in, in in the sense that it's it's not a direct story it's just a song is a lot of fragments of the way i feel about that situation that's interesting because it seems like a, a counterintuitive way to deal with uh down emotions because mm. when when I personally get sad or depressed or whatever it might be, yeah. I don't really want to sit there and like go through it. I want to like yeah. try my best to get through it and yeah, yeah, yeah. be on the other side. So like, how are you able to sit through that sadness? Is it just the fact that you're like, Oh, I could probably use this to my advantage. I could get something out of it. Like, how do you, how do you do that? <laughs> That's really funny you say that because um, – so there's there's two parts to that answer because one, when I get hurt or something, like when I'm when I'm in a relationship or something and, and I, I feel like I care, like a little piece of me now is like, let's go. Like I'm going to have something to write about. You know what I mean? Like in a weird way, it's kind of – it's kind of like masochistic that way. Am I using that right? Um, where I'm, I'm like I'm, – I'm, almost hoping that something bad happens in periods where I, where I have writer's block or something like that. And so it's like, it's nice sometimes to, to feel that and just know that something good's going to come out of it. It's really soothing when I'm in a bad situation, instead of being like, I'm just feeling this and this sucks. It's almost something good that can come out of, of that terrible situation. So that's the first thing is that, yes, I do kind of enjoy, I don't, I wouldn't say I enjoy it, but it's, it's, it's like, it's like a silver lining almost. Yeah. But, um, the other part of it was, um, when I'm, when I actually am really down and sad, it's hard for me to sit there and write a song. Like it's, that's when it gets the hardest is when I'm like, it's only happened a few times to me where I'm like too hurt to write about it. Cause it's too fresh. And it's like, it just doesn't come out. It's a lot easier when I am mostly over it, but there's a little piece of me that hangs on to it. Cause I can look at it objectively instead of super emotionally. But then again, one or two times I've been able to write a song from a really, really dark place and it's ended up being really good.
So, and do you like, are you pretty lenient with yourself when it comes to writing new music or do you try to put a schedule on yourself or is it the opposite where it's just like, I'm just going to write when that feeling, that perfect balance of like sadness and being over it hits me. Like what, when do you write and do you force yourself to write? Like what's your situation with that? I try to get, I try to a lot, like during the week, I try to get, um, like six to eight hours a night to make music and just be in the studio. Um, a lot of the time I'm not feeling sad when I start writing. Like I, I try to be disciplined, but I'm also not like a drill sergeant, right? Like if as the minute music stops becoming something I enjoy, the minute I'm going to start making bad music mm-hmm. and like nothing will sound good. So I make sure I'm in the studio, but a lot of the time now that I produce, cause I didn't always produce. But now that I produce, if I'm not feeling anything and it's really hard for me to write, I'll just produce something else or add to something else or do that side of it where I'm just where I don't have to use that muscle. Um, but yeah, I try to be I try to be pretty disciplined. My schedule is something that I don't care about right now because I don't have a job right now. So I, I rarely have things that are like strictly scheduled in because everybody too in the music thing is very lenient everywhere. So I'll normally have engagements at certain times but with certain people, but like never early in the morning. So whenever I go to bed, I'm like, I will sleep for eight hours. Mm -hmm. If I go to bed at 12 or if I go to bed at 3 a.m., I'm going to sleep for eight hours. You know what I mean? So I try to schedule things later in the day, but I make sure that there's room for me to get that six to eight hours at night to make music either way. So. So you're at the age where most kids are going to college. Mm -hmm. So what's your story with, graduating from high school or choosing whether or not to go to college. What's that whole story? Okay. So, um, I actually got into university of Guelph. It's just, it's a university like an hour, an hour or so from here, I was going to do business out of high school. Mm -hmm. And then I was, I decided I was going to defer a year to take a music program because I figured like I'm, I'm fresh out of high school. I might as well do this thing. Right. So I went, I took an audio engineering program, an audio engineering slash uh, production program at Metalworks Academy. And that was just a one year, but I wasn't able to defer because you're not allowed to take a program in between. So I just didn't go, I didn't defer. I just went straight to Metalworks Mm -hmm. for the music stuff. And then from there, I graduated in September because it kind of, it dragged on a little bit with COVID. And then I decided to just take another year off and, um, I'll go, I'm thinking of going to school in, um, January of 2023, I guess like next January. Okay. But it's a really soft deadline because I'm working, I'm working at a studio right now and, um, I like, I enjoy it. So I'm not really sure yet. I'm kind of, I'm kind of lost there right now. (laughs) Um, so what do you plan on studying if you do end up going to college next January? Do you definitely business business? Business for sure? I think business administration or business communication. I'm not a great numbers guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like a linear thinker. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> I think I'm, I'm good relationally and I, I'd, I'd want to be interacting with people all the time with whatever I do, maybe sales. I'm not sure, but it's really hard for me to picture a life without music right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm still trying to figure out, but I know that I would do business, some sort of business thing either way. Yeah. So what do you think? Where do you think you would have to be with your music? What would you have to see in order for you to say, "Screw college! I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that at all. I'm just gonna focus full time." 
uh, consistent growth from now until then. Okay. That's what I told myself this year that I was taking off. I, I, was, I was thinking, I'm one guy. There's people who get paid to um, promote music and, and do things like that. People are managers full-time. If I'm an artist, I could probably manage myself. If I can figure out a way to get consistent growth before next year, then I will not go to college and I'll, and I'll, I'll pursue that until, until I hit a dead end. Because I feel like you only live once. I should, I should chase this to its full extent. So I'm starting to see that now with TikTok. So I guess we'll just see if it keeps going. Like I wouldn't want to go to college in September. There's no way yeah. I'd want to ride this out a little bit more. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's pretty much my gauge for that timeline. Do you see like, is it a specific number you would like to hit by then? Or like, is it a certain amount of followers each week or month? Like, what does that progress look like to you? Or is it just kind of a general like feeling like this is this is happening? This is what I'm doing. I think it's a general feeling, but, okay. um, yeah, I think, I think if what's happening now continues, the rate I'm growing at is, is a rate that I would like, I, I definitely want to see where it goes. I don't have any specific goals because I don't even know what goals to set, you know, because yeah. I could, I could say, well, if I have a hundred thousand on TikTok, then I won't go to college, but you can hit a hundred thousand on TikTok for like a stupid video. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to <laughs> set any, any actual number goals. But I feel like I'll I'll just know, you know? And so what is your social media strategy if you have if we can call it a strategy? Cause I know that's one of the toughest things for creators right now is like getting videos out there. It's so tough because of how many you have to put out. Yeah. So what what's your strategy? What do you do? What apps do you focus on? Like what what's your whole story behind that? Basically, I, I just focus on TikTok right now. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do Instagram Reels in a, in a minute. But my whole strategy is that I try to post two to three times a day. And if I do that, the day's a success. If I don't, then it's not. But I've only been doing that for a little bit, and, and it's been working so far. So that's great. In terms of con like content creation, it's not really, there's not really a strategy to it. I, don't, I can't sit down for two hours and make this week's videos. <laughs> You know, like I, I just kind of every day I, I get to a point where I'm like, okay, let's make a TikToker now. And then I kind of, I have a huge library of unreleased songs. So I'll either just pull one of those or I'll do something that I'm working on. It looks different every day. One of the ones I just brought my mom into the room, showed her the song because she went on vacation. I showed her the song that I've been working on while she's gone because I typically got like a song a week done. Mm -hmm. And then, so she, she was just in the room. Before I started playing the song for her for the first time, I just set up the, the camera and that was the one that got like 90k views right now. Oh, wow. Sometime you could have given me a break because I just there was a clip during there that when I was watching it back, I was like, okay, that's a pretty good clip. I'll post that. And then it went. So I, I kind of just bring my strategy. I'd say I just bring TikTok with me wherever I go and whatever happens, happens, you know, as long as I make sure to get at least two. Have you have you always tried to be kind of just laid back with your videos or was there a time when you were overthinking it and you realized like maybe this isn't really worth it to overthink it because yeah. it's not doing any better than when I just wing it? You know what I mean? Yeah, that like that's exactly what happened. I uh, I started off only really releasing like high quality videos. I'd every time I do a duet challenge, I have to uh, record myself singing it, and then like you have to put it in a photo like a video editor. I record it in like 4K on my phone while I'm doing yeah. it, and you have to put the the audio and the and the video together it's a whole process 
and I was doing this and only getting like two TikToks out in a week and they would flop. I'd get like 10 views and be pissed <laughs> that I spent like two hours on it, writing a whole part, filming the part, like producing the part. It was terrible. And then I just, I saw when it all changed was I saw there's a guy named Gabe on TikTok who just got a ton of tattoos. I don't know if you know who he is. He's got like <laughs> nose rings and shit. But he, so. he, said, he, he said he's a firm believer that if anybody posts 10 times on TikTok a day, that in a month you'll have 10,000 followers. Or he said something like that. And I was like, well, I can do that if it's just shit posting. Like, I just post <laughs> yeah. anything. And then that, that completely brought down, like, the barrier to entry for me. Because I was like, this guy literally, like, he's not, he's not famous for one thing. He's just kind of like a guy on TikTok that's always on my for you page. And I was like, if he's famous for being a guy who's, like, just cool and, like, interesting, like, I'm actually making music. Maybe this would be, like, easy. So I just kind of started posting whatever I was doing. And then um, it, it ended up working out. <laughs> I don't, that's not the guy with like the super deep voice, is it? Oh, uh, I don't think so. I think that could be a different guy. Okay, this guy there, just got a neck tattoo. He's got a face tattoo with like a teardrop here. And it's probably someone else. There's a guy. He's a singer though. He's got a super deep voice. Like he sounds like corpse when he talks. Damn. And <laughs> he, he, oh, it's crazy how deep his voice is. But then he can sing super high pitch. I don't think that's who you're talking about. I'll have to look up Gabe. <laughs> Pro probably a different guy. I can um, send you his profile too. He's yeah, I'll have to check him out because I I'm kind of on that the scope of like I just want to post about my life. I don't want to be like pigeonholed into one thing. Yeah, so totally. I like examples of people who are successfully posting whatever they want to talk about and still growing. Yeah, totally. I um, I would totally recommend doing that. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do now. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you say you have a lot of unreleased music. Do you mm -hmm. think the fact that like it it helps by posting a bunch of videos to like boost the song, like get people hyped for it, does that slow down your progress of releasing music? Like why not release the songs as they're written? Um basically just because of what I've what I've heard before, I guess um right now i'm trying to build up an album to uh i'm gonna I, like the plan is around at the end of april i'm supposed to go to la with um one of my professors from the music school last year i make music with him now and he's he's actually the guy in the videos where he shows himself and then turns it around and it's like me singing like the one where my shirt's off that's him he's a <laughs> professor from my from my music school and so he we're we're our plan is to just make make an album that's solid and then kind of shop it around and kind of see what's up in, in LA and uh, whatever happens there happens. But in the past, I've just, you can only release once a month and I'm making about four songs a month. Mm -hmm. So even though I've been releasing a, around once a month since like last year, there's only so many you can drop, right? I think I have eight, eight out and I started releasing music in March of last year. So it's just, yeah, I'm I'm gonna start releasing more, but if I was if I was releasing a song every time I finish it, it would almost be a devaluing my art, I think, because mm -hmm. I'd be dropping so many songs people wouldn't be able to keep up with it. <laughs> um first of all, with moving out to LA, uh have you ever heard of Holden Miller or Healer Bryce? Holden Miller sounds familiar. Definitely look them up because I, I interviewed both of them. They're both living out in LA and they're like the coolest dudes, both doing music. So they yeah. would be like really cool contacts for you to have if you were in the same area as them. 
That'd be dope. Um, they're kind of in like that same situation where they're growing now on TikTok and Instagram and stuff and slowly building that following with their music. Mm-hmm. So it'd be exciting if the three of you had like a, a trio, <laughs> a trio music yeah. album or something. <laughs> That'd be dope. Um, so you said before we started recording that I found your sweatshirts, your favorite one. Yeah. So what's the story behind writing that song? How did that song come about? And why is it your favorite? <laughs> I think it's my favorite because it's the first real sad one that I've posted that's been mainly sad. For a while, I was trying to just do pop songs because I felt like that would have the biggest chance of getting popular. But for that one, I made it. And I was like, originally when I wrote it, I didn't like it that much. And then I sent it to Catherine and was like, what do you think of this? You can hop on this. Because I, I, I rarely make songs with room for features. Yeah. But for this one, I was like, I don't really see a future for this song. I don't know how I'll produce it. It doesn't have room for drums. Do you want to just see what you can do? And she's like, yeah, I'd love to hop on it. So she came over and we started writing on it. And the more we made, the more it just started coming together. And um, yeah, it was just, it's it's a song. It's my favorite song for myself to listen to because I find without drums, I had to do more like storytelling through the production. And so it's fun for me to listen to a song like that like months after it's been out because I haven't heard it in so long. But you listen to it like it's new and you know where everything is. Like it's there's it's rare f- for me even like as a producer to listen to a song and know every time something's about to come up, when it's going to come up, what I did to it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's cool to know every detail of a song and have the chance to listen to it like it's brand new. Yeah. Why do you think that one took off I don't know about quicker. I don't know how fast it got to the number of listens it has now, but what do you think made that one different compared to the other ones you've released so far? I think just the emotion behind it. Like there's, I like it's, it's a song that's very much like, it's pretty much only a vibe. Like the other ones are kind of boppy and this one's just like a sad, mellow, like just vibe. It's not even doing better than the other ones really. Like it's got, I think 3000 streams now which is like peanuts compared to a lot of artists. (laughs) But the people around me all like that one the most as well. And we're like, okay, like this is like a really good, like this is like a good piece of music that like makes me feel something, which that was also special to me, right? Because I obviously feel something writing the songs. And uh, fun fact, it was actually sweatpants that I found. It wasn't a sweatshirt. (laughs) But I found found sweatpants would have been a weird line. (laughs) Were they actually covered in perfume? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like they, they smell different than my clothes, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't even know whose they are. I think they I think they're I like, you know, it's it's uh they'd clearly been there for a while and they it was a familiar smell, but I was like, I'm not sure which one this is, but I just kinda I've got my own meaning to it in my head that I that I that I went off of. Yeah. But that was a cool concept. I was like, Okay, this is this is something that inspires me to think about the situation. I'm gonna write a song about that. And when you release new music, do you look a lot for external validation with the songs or are you someone who's like i know this song's really good whether i get a lot of likes or listen i i love this song and mm-hmm. i don't really care if anyone else <laughs> listens to it yeah i'm i'm very much a, a victim to that mentality of of wanting it to do well i try to not be you know like it's better to just release it because i think it's good but yeah i i I feel like the like well it's it's just a fact that the only way for me to be able to do this sustainably and full time is if I get a ton of streams and if I get popularity. So 
excuse me, it's um because of that fact, it's just it's hard for me to not not think twice about it. And it's the same with TikTok. Like I try to just post on TikTok and not care about the outcome, but I get sucked in so quickly because it, it actually does have an impact on my future and it, yeah. it's the only thing hindering me from where I want to go. But I would I would say that a song isn't my favorite because of the amount of streams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some of your short-term and long-term goals if you have any for your music or or your just life in general? Hmm. Um short-term goals would be I I really want to hit 50k on TikTok by the summertime. That's something that is it's a huge goal, but I feel like it's got to be exponential on there. I don't really know. I've only got like 5,000 almost. Yeah. But that's one and my my long-term goal is really just to become I obviously want to be a household name, but more than that, I want to be somebody who has influence in the music industry. And I want to, at the end of the day, be able to one perform and to help other artists come up when, when I get to that stage, because I know how to produce, I can see potential, bring somebody into my studio, record them and get the best sound out of them. That's something that really inspires me. And that's what I'd want to do in the, in the later years of my life. Cause you can't always be touring and having a career. So that's, that's the end game is being somebody who makes things happen pretty much. Something I think about a lot with posting on social media and stuff is like small interactions with your content. So what are some small things that are actually really big when you see them? So like if someone say they just like the video, comment on the video, like what are some seemingly small things that really may have a huge impact on how you feel about the video or your music or whatever. It yeah, is. That, that's an amazing question. A huge, a very huge thing for me is one, when people say in the comments that like, oh, I just, I just went and listened to all your music. I love it. Like when I know that they, they're not just somebody who saw a video and liked the video, they took the time to go and check me out and see what I'm about. And two, I'd say is just when, um, when somebody writes like an actual personalized message instead of like, it's, I, I love every comment and every like, obviously, but when somebody writes a message about how it's helped them or a message that's like meant to like motivate me, you know, like somebody, if somebody writes, like, I just found your page and I watched a couple of your videos. Like, I really think you're going, going places like keep it up. That type of stuff is like, wow, that person took time out of the day to write this like mini paragraph just to like support me. Like that makes me feel really good because it feels like makes me feel like people care about me and they like, it's, it's almost validating what I'm doing. And I don't know, that just, it, that, that type of stuff makes me feel really nice when I read it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I totally feel that. I love, I love the personalized, uh, like DMs. I feel like those are the best thing ever. Like, yeah. damn, this blog post was so good. <laughs> Keep writing yeah. these. I'm like, oh shit, that's all I need. Just one person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely DMs are sick too. <laughs> so what would you say are other things that keep you motivated to, continue writing and continue producing um especially in these stages when you don't have all these followers and you don't have all these listeners what keeps you motivated to keep going and stay patient through the whole process i think because i love it like i genuinely enjoy creating something from from nothing and um i don't know i think i think i might just be like like an attention seeker if that makes sense like i i feel I've always felt the need to be special or, or better somehow. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a sense that I feel like I'm meant to do this at this point and I want to do everything I can do to make that happen. 
but I think a big a big pack a big factor also is um not wanting to work a nine to five. Yeah. Like that whole that whole aspect to me is like is is something that is it's always been something that scares me is like actively working every day for somebody else. I don't know why that's is so terrifying in my mind, but yeah, a a big factor of that is is fear and also just a love for music and like if I can live how I'm living now forever, mix in a few shows that'd be sick. But yeah, I, I that's, totally that's, that's most of it. I totally feel that with the nine to five job. I I, I do not want that routine because it takes up like the entire day like the perfect time of the day when you get stuff done i'm Mm. so much more fond of because i've been uh quote unquote retired for like four months now i haven't been working and i've been focusing on the podcast and blog but now i'm at the point where i'm like i do want some sort of stable income but i don't want to work that nine to five so i'm way more fond of like that part-time job of either working really early in the morning and being done in the afternoon or the opposite early afternoon Mm -hmm. to late at night. So I have some window of time when I can be productive still, but nine to five is definitely not it. (laughs) Yeah. That that's, that's a scary, that's definitely a scary thought. (laughs) What, um, what sort of sacrifices do you feel you've had to make in, in order to pursue music or what sacrifices are you willing to make as a way to reach your goals with your music i think i think honestly a big sacrifice is is, has been in my like love life if that makes sense i've there's been situations in the past where i've had to let let people go that i didn't want to because i want to go somewhere you know like that's that's a, a very real thing that i think a lot of musicians face specifically because relationships relationships take time and attention and like, I just don't have a lot of that these days. Like the, the prime time that I make music is late at night, starting from like, I'd only start around like 7.30 or 8-ish. So, and and then if I go until from 8 to 4, then I'm going to wake up at like 12. So I don't, I don't have a crazy amount of time to spend on somebody else. And I just, I just physically like can't be there for somebody all the time right now, you know? And so it's, it's a weird it's a weird balance of, of being lonely and wanting to be with somebody and just being like, I don't want that because that's going to hinder the rest of my life. You know, like I feel like I could always settle down, but that's the sacrifice is just facing that loneliness and being like, fuck, I just got to power through and (laughs) spend a couple lonely nights hugging a pillow or something. At least you got, you got content to write about. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Yeah. It always comes back to that silver lining. You always have something you can write about. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And that silver lining is like huge. Like it's, I can't stress enough how, how much less lonely it can make me feel because there's something good coming out of it, out of it at least. So do you have any, I hate bringing stuff like this up cause I know it makes people feel weird, but do you have any haters or like people who discouraged you from pursuing music kind of like this? We'll call it full time. <laughs> yeah. Um, the weird thing is that no, like not really. Like there's there's the odd hater on TikTok. Yeah. And I I actually like reading their their comments. It's it's fun. If everybody was a hater on TikTok, it would really bother me. But there's only a couple right now. Um. But in my in my life, everybody's been supportive. Everybody's been encouraging me. And if I genuinely feel like the people in my life believe in what I'm doing, 
I'm very close to my family and, and, and my, my parents support me and they, they really want me to keep going and, and kind of see where it takes me. And um, I don't feel like I don't have the feeling right now that I'm, pr- I'm trying to prove anybody wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, I feel like I'm just trying to prove everyone right. And um, that's a cool feeling to have. Like, I, f- I feel like it's not just me, my music thing. It's kind of my whole everybody around me in my life is kind of helping, like push me towards it instead of me having to like fight to keep going. And that part's really cool. I will say so, <laughs> I, too kind of enjoy reading the the rude comments <laughs> one yeah. of them was i don't know if he was trying to be rude or not but it kind of sounded rude when i read it the first time but he ended up giving me like five more ideas for blogs to write so i like i turned something bad into something like <laughs> really good That's and dope. like i i quoted his his comment and i'm like thanks for the ideas <laughs> like <laughs> I, I don't know if you know uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, Gary V? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Because yeah. he always talks about, like, anyone who posts a rude comment, there's something else going on, like, that you yeah, don't see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I try to have that empathy when someone posts something rude. Like, that's they're really very... going out of their way to, like, post something. Something must be up, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's really good of you. I don't I don't have the same strength that you do in that sense. <laughs> so, but um, that's a really good way to look at it. I feel like that sort of comes just with realizing like I'm posting what I want to be posting. I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing. So like it doesn't really matter if other people are validating me because absolutely it's not like I'm posting for other people. I'm posting first and foremost for, my, for myself. And then if other people do like it, then it's just an added bonus. Yeah. That's kind of how I've been processing it more recently. And I don't know if it works because I haven't done it long enough, but that's the most yeah. recent thought process on it. That's a, that's like, that's a great mindset to have. How did you get started in the, in this, uh, in the whole podcasting thing and, and blog writing and all that? So I was in, uh, I graduated from Binghamton university and didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. So my first full-time job was doing sales, um, and I quit after four months because it just wasn't a good fit. So I I had like this five months where I was still going to be living in Binghamton. So I wanted to do something with my time. I didn't want to just lay around all day. So I decided to start the podcast as a way to interview other college kids to see if other people were confused about their life and like what the hell yeah. they were trying to do, which is yeah. why I have the introduction that I do to the podcast. Um, and from there, it's just kind of grown into like, I just want to talk to people about what they're passionate about, because I want to encourage the smaller artists and musicians to like, keep going, like, yeah. realize just because you don't have a lot of followers doesn't mean you're not good at what you do. So yeah. like, give a voice to the underdogs to people who don't have a lot of followers yet. Yeah. Do you always want to stay with with underdogs and, and small artists? I would prefer the majority to definitely be the smaller ones. Like I have that idea of like, Oh, my first ever interview was the expedition to try podcast. Like that would be really cool. But if, if I'm ever given the opportunity to interview like bigger bands or artists, I'll definitely do it. But I think the focus would be best to be those underdogs, especially if I were to have a ton of followers and I could, 
put these people in front of more people and be like, look yeah. at this cool freaking person. <laughs> yeah. Like be you, you like, yeah, I totally shoot. I totally see what you mean. Like be the guy who puts people on. Exactly. That would be, that'd be dope for you too. Cause you'd, you'd really be choosing if everything goes right for you, you'll be choosing the ones you want to work with. Everybody will be hitting you up. You want to yeah. decide who you think is next up and, and kind of be that tastemaker. Yeah. So I'm excited to see how, how much it grows in the next couple of years. <laughs> I have a yeah. long-term scale for my yeah. podcast. And everything. Uh, how long have you been going for? It's been just over two years now. Okay. But the focus with artists and musicians and stuff has been probably about the last five or six months. Yeah. So I, I definitely have a lot to go, but I don't want to talk about myself too much. Cause you're the, you're the star of this show. Oh, my bad. Uh, <laughs> um, what, what would you say is the best investment you've made for your music? Um, investment like cash wise. Uh, you could take it however you, however you want. Yeah. I like <laughs> honestly, my, my, my first thought is, uh, time. Like the amount of the amount of time I've gotten comfortable spending with music is the biggest the biggest thing ever. Because last year in, in the program that I did, it's great to do a music program, but you you won't get everything like everything out of it if you don't do your own music and do everything on the side. So I was doing ba- like almost the same amount of music at night during that program that I'm doing now. A little bit less, but that that uh that time to learn and just experiment and mess around with different ideas and and do all that stuff really shaped me into the artist that I am now because I feel like I tried a bunch of stuff in that little experimental phase I tried a ton of different things just because I was in in school for it I just I figured there was no failures because I, w- I wasn't posting anything anyway and I basically just just tried everything and always always finished an idea if I started it and uh that's also something that I would recommend to any artist ever is to finish your, finish your songs. Mm-hmm. Cause that's where you'll learn the most. Even if you don't like the song, like finish it, you know? And for someone who's just starting out in their musical journey, what would you say have been some of your, the best resources you've found that have helped you the most in making your music? Um, my best resource I found at my music school. And that's my, my, uh, my teacher from, we had, it was COVID. So we had one, one in class class. And that teacher is the one that I'm, that I'm interning with at a studio that we like make music together. Um, he was like, hands down the best resource I've ever had. And he still is because I was able to make my music at night every day. I'd have his class on Fridays and every Friday I'd bring it in and say like, Hey Patrick, what's like, tell me what's up with this. Or it was Monday nights. I think it was Mondays. But every Monday, yeah, it was Mondays. I'd bring it in every Monday and just show him the work that I did. And I'd just be like, deconstruct this mix. Tell me everything that's wrong <laughs> about it. Like, what would you fix? What did I do? Tell me. And every week he would just shape it and shape me as an artist and do something <laughs> different because he'd just point me in the right directions. And so, like, he's still teaching me basically like every day. All the new plugins. He puts me on everything. It's it's <laughs> he's basically like my mentor now. Yeah. And it's just having somebody that is kind of like a North Star and that, knows all the right answers and i'm confident he does because he proves me wrong all the time <laughs> but um yeah that's definitely been the the best resource out there for me what's the most recent occurrence of him proving you're wrong what happened <laughs> oh i use um i use i use two things i use waves afx vintage exciter it's a it's a plug-in 
that I put on my voice. And he thinks he, he was saying, tell me it sounds cheap. Anytime for the past like two months, he's been, it sounds cheap. Stop using that. Use something else. He wanted me, he wanted me to use Saturn instead. It's just a different plugin. Yeah. And then, uh, we were mixing in his studio, uh, my song from the TikTok with the shirt off. And he basically just took apart my whole vocal chain and redid it in his own way. And like put in instead of Saturn that he had on it, he switched it to this Aphex vintage thing. And was like, you see how this is shitty. Yeah, and I was listening. I was like, yeah, that's totally sucks. And I switched to his stuff. And there's so many of those. There's so many examples. What other sort of advice would you give to someone who's just starting out in music? Or if you want to go back in time to talk to younger you as you're just starting mm. music, what sort of advice would you give yourself? Um... I probably just say like keep trying. Like this this is a very fitting podcast because where I got how I got to where I am is just from trying over and over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So I think encouraging people to try is a great thing to do because the more you try, the more you'll succeed. And I think what I would tell myself when I'm younger, one is just start making TikToks. Like <laughs> that has to be like the first thing. And just don't don't see TikTok if you fail. Don't see it as a failure because you didn't fail. If you post a video and it gets 10 views, that's 10 more views that you got because you posted the video. You know, like it took me a while to get over that that feeling of a loss whenever I post something that I that I liked and it didn't do well. But you literally cannot fail because if you don't post, then that's the only way you do fail because you didn't grow at all. You know? So that that's a big piece of advice that I would say. And what do you have on the horizon? What can people expect to see from Braden Bales in the coming weeks and or months or years? <laughs> um, I think just just watch out for my name. Like I, I have a feeling that what's coming next for me will will just keep getting better and better for a little bit. And I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep posting on TikTok and I'm going to keep doing all these things. And I'm, I'm trying a new strategy where I'm going to be trying to put out a song every three weeks and I'm going to be only putting songs out that are that do well on the TikTok because it's happened too many times already where I post a new song or an unreleased song and people are like, where is it? Is it on Spotify? I'm like, shit, I have one coming out two weeks from now and I have another one coming out five weeks from now or six weeks from now. Like that'll have to be like at least like nine weeks out. Yeah. And I don't like that feeling of, of letting people down. So what to expect from me is is there's two songs coming out. One of them is the one with my mom. One of them is the one where I'm shirtless. And the shirtless <laughs> one's first, and that's in the first week of March. So I'm thinking, I'm, or maybe the second week of March. I'm thinking March 10th, maybe. Okay. Um, so exactly exactly two weeks from tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah. But after that, I'm just going to be basically just giving the, trying to give the people what they want. Very cool. So if people want to see the video of your you and your mom, or the video of you shirtless, where can yeah. they find you on social media? <laughs> TikTok. Braden Bales one. That's the one. <laughs> Did someone take Braden Bales and you had the beat number one? I or took Braden Bales. Okay. <laughs> that was my old account. I was shadow banned. And so I, I wanted to make a new account before starting to post consistently. Yeah. Because I felt like every video I was posting on my other one, it just wasn't getting the time of day. And um it worked out. So I passed I passed the other one in followers, which is great. <laughs> Do you have 
a song you have on replay right now or a song you think everyone should be listening to or a band totally. everyone should be listening to? Totally. Ghost Recon by Jim Legacy. Jim Legacy is spelled L-E-G-X-A-C-Y. There's an X in there for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> it's great. It's a cra- It's like I think he's creating a new genre. And it's like a mix between, I want to say Afro beats and R&B. Like it's like he sings. He's crazy. He's from the UK, I think. But he's he's absolutely nuts. Like his music, he's he can rap, he can sing, he can like his melodies are just crazy. It's it's the it's the type of song that every time I get in the car I play it and it just has me dancing. I'm terrible at dancing. <laughs> but that guy's just insane. He's nuts. <laughs> I'll have to look that up as soon as we're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's nuts. Ghost Recon. That's the one. All right. Very cool. Uh so that's all the questions I have. So thank you, Braden, so much for coming on. I'm glad we finally worked out a day when we could hop on a call yeah. and finally chat about your music. I'm so hyped to have you on. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to see what's on the on the horizon for you. Can't wait to see your growth and hopefully prevent you from going to college. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for everyone listening, go check out Braden. I'm going to try my best to post show notes for this episode so everything we talked about will be listed there timestamps all that good stuff so you can check that out at expeditionatry.com and all the links to everything will be in the description below so brayden thank you again for coming on thanks for having me for everyone listening peace out and good luck